Welcome to Breaking the Silence. I'm Garnet Silverwolf. This is an open forum for those who are dealing with toxic and abusive relationships, whether with significant others, family members, friends, or co-workers. This is a platform for victims and survivors to share their stories, get support, locate resources and information, and to find hope for a more peaceful existence. Have you ever looked at the sky and thought, what a beautiful blue sky? Have you then immediately wondered if the sky was actually blue? Did you question your perception and think, is the sky really blue? Maybe it's actually orange. Most likely, once you learned that the sky was blue, you knew that to be a truth, a factual concept. But what if someone you considered to be important, intelligent, or special to you, such as a significant other, a friend, family member, or maybe even a co-worker or employer, told you that you're wrong? What if that person insisted that what you have known to be factual and true is a figment of your imagination? Would you begin to question your perception of things? Would you actually wonder if you were confused or maybe even insane? When someone makes a statement that completely contradicts what you absolutely know to be true, or when they insist that you never told them something that you know for a fact that you did tell them, that's called gaslighting. That's a very basic explanation of one of the most insidious forms of mental and emotional abuse. In this episode, I'd like to explore some of the most common examples and phrases that are used, and also give a more in-depth definition of gaslighting. The term gaslighting comes from a play and later a film adaptation that was about a married couple. In the story, the husband gradually makes subtle changes in the wife's environment, including slowly dimming the gas flame on a lamp. He does this and many other manipulative actions to make her believe that she's insane. He controls everything she does, isolates her from friends and family, and makes her question her own perception of events, conversations, and memories. Because the play and film were such accurate portrayals of the type of toxic and controlling actions that manipulative people use, psychologists began to label this type of emotional abuse gaslighting. Gaslighting often occurs in romantic relationships, but it's not unheard of for it to occur in other relationships, such as friendships, any family relationship, or even a co-worker or employer-employee relationship. The person who gaslights someone uses this type of emotional abuse to exert power and to manipulate a situation, story, or event to be favorable for them. I'd like to offer some examples of scenarios, even some phrases, that very often are a part of gaslighting. Because the intention of gaslighting is meant to confuse you, cause you to question your judgment, your memory, self-worth, and your overall mental health, it can be beneficial to recognize the tactics that someone would use. I'm going to list these and give examples of each. The first tactic that they would use might be lying and distortion. These are the cornerstones of gaslighting. People who engage in gaslighting are very often pathological and habitual liars. They also frequently exhibit narcissistic tendencies. They'll typically blatantly lie and not back down. Even if you call them out on their lies or present unrefutable proof of their deception, they'll often retort with something like, you're making things up, or you're crazy, or that never happened. The next thing that they could do is try to discredit you or spread rumors about you. Often, someone who's gaslighting you will try to convince others that something's wrong with you. They can even do this under the disguise of concern. For example, they could tell your friends and family that they're worried that you're drinking too much. 
You may only have an occasional glass of wine. However, if you happen to arrive a few minutes late to an event, whether with or without that gaslighter, those people who were told that you drink too much may assume that you're late because you're drunk or hungover. Another tactic to this form of gaslighting is when the gaslighter lies to you about what someone else thinks or says about you. An example of this that I personally experienced was when the ex tried to convince me that the office staff at our apartment complex hated me. He said, they think you're a bitch. I told him that I never gave them a reason to make that assessment, considering my only interactions with them were to pay rent, collect packages that didn't fit in the mail slot, or to use the business center. When he realized that I didn't believe his lies, he quickly told me that the ladies felt sorry for him because he was spending so much time at the office because I was yelling at him. Truth of the matter was that he was actually staying in the office and business center for hours because he was unemployed. He used their computers to play the stock market, and then he would repeatedly ask the ladies to send faxes to his broker. When I talked to the ladies at the office a few months later, when I was actually leaving the ex and moving out, they were totally sympathetic. They had told me that he was pretty harassing and that he had made them feel very awkward and uncomfortable because he had spent so much time down there. Another tactic that they use is distraction. This is a very common tactic for someone who gaslights. It's done with the intention to throw you off balance and to completely avoid the question or issue that they've been presented with. An example of distraction could sound something like this. You might ask the person a question about a specific thing that they said. Why did you tell Sean that you would go fishing with him on Saturday? We had already made plans to go see a movie on Saturday. The gaslighter could respond with, Well, maybe if I didn't have to work so many hours, I'd have more time to do stuff that you want me to do. Your reply would be, Wait, you work the same amount of hours each week. We already made plans. What does that have to do with you going fishing on the same day that we already had plans to go see a movie? Then the gaslighter will ramp it up by saying something like, See, this is what I'm talking about. You don't appreciate anything I do for you. I bust my ass working all week, and all you do is bitch and whine about how you don't have this or you don't have that. You're just so negative. You're left wondering how a question about them telling a friend that they'd go fishing when there was already a plan to go see a movie turned into an argument about you being unappreciative and negative. When this type of scenario happens repeatedly, you may eventually begin to avoid bringing up any type of question or concern with the person who gaslit you in the past. You may actually decide that it's just going to be pointless to even engage with that person because you know that it'll end up in a circular conversation with no resolution to the issue that you originally wanted to address. Another very common tactic that they use is minimizing your thoughts and feelings. This type of manipulation, which trivializes your emotions, really is a move to gain power over you. The gaslighter may say things like, You're overreacting. You're just too sensitive. You can't take a joke. I'm sorry you feel that way. You need to calm down. When somebody repeatedly ignores or invalidates your feelings, you may begin to question those feelings yourself. You may wonder if you are in fact too sensitive or overreacting, or are you the one starting an argument? This tactic very often will be accompanied by the next one on this list, which is shifting blame. With blame shifting, the abusive person will ultimately avoid all accountability for their actions and divert all of the responsibility for their behavior onto you. A perfect example of this can be given in a scenario that I had with the ex. It went like this. 
When I found out about an affair that he had been having, I confronted him about it. At first, he denied it, but after I showed him the proof that I had, he quickly turned it around. He told me that it was my fault that he cheated on me because I didn't give him the attention and praise that he needed, wanted, and deserved. The truth of that matter was, as I had found out later, that he had been cheating on me for nearly our entire marriage. Every time he worked out of town, or even when he worked locally within an hour or so from home, he had long-term affairs as well as one-night stands, including hiring prostitutes. Meanwhile, I was at home raising and homeschooling our kids as a stay-at-home mom, as he had mandated when our two oldest kids were toddlers. I was not allowed to work outside the home or finish my college degree. The ironic thing, which is part of the blame-shifting and is called projection, is that he always accused me of cheating on him. This leads us to our next gaslighting technique, which is denying wrongdoing. A huge hallmark trait of people who are emotionally abusive is denying that they have done anything wrong. There's a lot of overlap with many of the gaslighting techniques, and particularly with blame-shifting and denying wrongdoing. Very often these behaviors are used together, as in the scenario I just shared. This leaves the victim feeling unheard and can make healing from the abuse very difficult. Another thing that they could do is use compassionate words as weapons. One method that a gaslighter might use could be trying to smooth things over. They might say something like, You know I'm only trying to do what's best for you. I'd never intentionally hurt you. Initially, this may sound comforting, but it's a very calculated move on the abuser's part. This allows them to avoid accepting any responsibility for their actions. It's not an apology by any means, and it's inauthentic. Their sole purpose is to make you doubt your perception of the situation and leave you feeling guilty and confused. Another form that they could use is rewriting history. This is a major weapon in the arsenal of a person who gaslights someone. Remember, their objective is to completely daze and confuse their victim. Of course, it fits neatly in the same armory alongside the lying, distraction, blame-shifting, and other arrows and daggers they hurl at their target. A person who gaslights will use their tactics to recreate stories of events and conversations. Of course, those recreations always lean in favor of the gaslighter. As you may recall, they never accept any responsibility for anything bad or wrong that they've ever done. It's been said that history is written by the winners. This is a perfect example of a gaslighter. Let's examine this through the following scenario. Gina and Travis just returned home from a week-long vacation in Las Vegas. It was supposed to be a fun-filled trip for both of them to spend time together, catching some exciting shows, exploring the luxurious hotels, and even trying their luck in some of the casinos. But, as it was, Gina spent all but one day standing over Travis's shoulder for hours while he made his way around the game tables in six different casinos. She was able to finally talk Travis into going to a single show on the last night that they were in town. But she could tell he was doing it begrudgingly. She looked over at him a few times during the show and noticed he had an annoyed look on his face. When the show ended, he told Gina that he should have stayed at the casino and let her go to the show alone. On the flight home, Travis didn't say more than a few words to Gina. But once they were home, Gina asked Travis why he was so cold and angry toward her. She told him that she thought the vacation was supposed to be enjoyable for both of them, not just for him. She reminded him that she had followed him from casino to casino, and that they had discussed and planned to do other things besides just go to the casino. 
Travis then quickly jumped up from his seat, lunged at Gina, and began strangling her. He yelled at her while his hands were squeezing tighter, calling her an ungrateful bitch. Gina was fighting to escape his grip, kicking and slapping at him. Travis slammed Gina into the wall, then released her. As she fell to the floor trying to catch her breath, Travis went to the living room and turned on the TV. Several hours later, Gina went to the kitchen to get an ice pack. Travis asked her why she needed the ice pack, and she told him that she had a headache from when he choked her and slammed her into the wall. Travis quickly replied and told her, I never touched you. What are you talking about? The only thing I did was try to help you get to the bathroom after you said you felt dizzy. Before I got over to you, you bumped your head on the wall. I don't know where you're coming up with this idea that I strangled or choked you. You obviously had a dream about that from watching one of those crazy movies that you always watch on Lifetime or something. I know this was a little bit of a long story, but it's very similar to an incident that I actually experienced. The ex did, in fact, try to strangle me during a discussion. Later, with an excruciating headache, he took me to the ER. But when the doctor asked me if anything had happened to cause the headache, I told him exactly what the ex had told me, that I had gotten dizzy and had bumped my head on the wall before he was able to catch me. Yet, as I relayed that to the doctor, I knew that I had definitely not imagined that I had been nearly strangled to death. But then again, I did have episodes of migraines that were so severe that I often lost my sense of time, and sometimes I even woke up not remembering whether or not I had fed my kids supper. So maybe I actually had dreamed the whole incident of him choking me. But if that was the case, why did I have marks on my neck, which the doctor either didn't notice, or even worse, chose to ignore? This is an extreme example of rewriting history, but there were hundreds more, such as him telling me that we had already seen a particular movie when I knew for a fact that we hadn't seen it, or at least I hadn't seen it. Also, he would insist that he had told me days before, or even weeks before, about some plans that he had to go golfing or fishing or some other activity, when I was absolutely positive that he hadn't told me. Or he'd flip the script around and tell me that I never informed him about an activity or event that my kids had, when I'd know specifically that I did, and I could even remember the details of when and where it was that I told him. After hundreds of these conversations of whether either of us had told the other about something, I started telling him that I wish I had recorded every conversation I ever had with him to prove to him that I wasn't imagining things, and to prove that I wasn't crazy and that he, in fact, was a liar. Because gaslighting is such an insidious and treacherous form of mental and emotional abuse, being subjected to it can cause a number of mental health concerns, including anxiety, depression, addiction, and even suicidal thoughts. Therefore, it's important to recognize if you're being gaslit by someone. Ask yourself if any of these following statements are true. Do you doubt your emotions and reality, such as do you question whether or not you're too sensitive or if the treatment you're getting is actually that bad? Do you question your judgment and perceptions of things? Do you feel insecure, vulnerable, or anxious around a person who you suspect may be a gaslighter? Do you feel like you're always walking on eggshells around them, like you never know how to speak or act around them? Do you feel alone and powerless? Are you convinced that everyone around you thinks that you're weird, unstable, or crazy, just as the gaslighter has told you others think you are? This can make you feel isolated and trapped. Do you wonder or begin to believe that you are unintelligent, worthless, 
or insane, again, as the gaslighter has repeatedly told you that you are. You may even find yourself saying these things to yourself. Are you disappointed in who you have become? For example, you may feel like you're weak or passive and let others walk all over you. You may remember a time when you were stronger and more assertive. Do you feel confused by the behavior of the person who's gaslighting you? At one time, they may be kind and helpful and caring, but another time, many times soon after a kind interaction, they'll be hypercritical, accusatory, and argumentative. It's like they're Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Do you worry that something terrible is going to happen when you're around that person? You may have a sense of impending doom or feel on edge and feel threatened, and you may not even know why. Do you feel the need to apologize for what you do or even who you are as a person? Do you feel inadequate, like you're never good enough? You may also try to live up to the demands or expectations of others, regardless of how unreasonable those are. Do you constantly second-guess yourself? You may frequently wonder if you remember events and conversations correctly. You may even stop sharing your thoughts or memories for fear of them always being wrong. Do you struggle to make decisions on your own, even simple ones like what you want for lunch? Because you've been groomed to distrust your ideas, your thoughts, memories, and perceptions about everything, you may often defer to someone else, including or especially the person who has been gaslighting you, to make any and all decisions. Do you wonder if there's actually something wrong with you? Do you question your mental health? If any of these signs of gaslighting ring true, it's important to seek professional help. One place to seek help is the National Domestic Violence Hotline. That number is 1-800-799-7233 or SAFE. They can offer confidential assistance and help you find other resources if necessary. If left unaddressed, the effects of gaslighting can take a significant toll on your self-esteem and overall mental health. As we've examined here, gaslighting is a multifaceted type of emotional abuse. The tactics can include lying, distraction, minimizing, denying, and blaming, all of them used to confuse and confound the victim. If you suspect that you are a victim of gaslighting, one powerful thing that you can do is to save any evidence such as text, emails, or even journal entries of events, conversations, and memories. Then if the person who's gaslighting you tries to convince you that you're remembering things wrong, or if they're actually trying to change the narrative entirely, you can review your documented accounts of those things for proof that you are not wrong or crazy. Thank you for joining me today. My mission is to offer information, support, and hope for anyone involved in a toxic relationship. Whether it's an intimate relationship or one between friends, family members, or co-workers, please know that you do not deserve that abuse and it is not your fault. By breaking the silence, together we can raise awareness and give hope to those who are struggling, feeling trapped, and are searching for answers.